Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. This is Tom Wallace. We are conducting a series of broadcasts that we are laying out for our listeners, and I'm going over notes right out of my teacher's guide of a course that I've written for colleges. I teach this in different colleges, and and so we, we've covered already the Prophet Muhammad last week. By the way, if you've missed any of these shows, you can always go back and listen to them on our website at fortressoffaith.com, or you can download our radio app, Fortress of Faith Radio, and you can listen to past broadcasts as well, and it's easily uh, sorted out. You just simply choose the month that you want to listen to, and you can listen to past broadcasts. And last week we covered the prophet Muhammad. Everything rises and falls with him. He's the one who started Islam. Islam did not exist before Muhammad. He claims to get revelations from an angel, an angel Gabriel, and that his tribal god that he had been praying to all his life, Allah the moon god, uh, he is told by this jinn, by this spirit, that that is the God of heaven and earth, the God who created Adam and Eve, made a covenant with Abraham, and that God is the one true God. There's no other God. So he began preaching this monotheism in a pagan society. And, of course, he wasn't very popular. And he preached this message for about 22 years. His first 12 years, he didn't have a lot of growth, about 120 followers. And he was thrown out by the Arabs out of Mecca when his uncle had died. And he goes to Medina, which is where we have uh, four Jewish tribes. And he goes to them because he thinks, okay, well, um, God first gave his message to these people. Now he is giving us the final revelation. They'll accept me. And they reject him. And so now in Muhammad's life, after 12 years of preaching, the Arabs don't want him. Now the Jews don't want him. He only has 120, 150 followers. And now his message changes. And for the next 10 years, he takes up the sword to fight those who don't believe him because that's the new message that he gets from the spirit, from the jinn. And uh, by that time, at the end of 10 years, every Arab is killed or banished from the country. All of Arabia is under his control and he's grown to about 100,000 followers. It's amazing what you can do with the sword. So that was the life of Muhammad. Now we're going to move, before we get to uh, his uh, disciples and those who followed him, the caliphs and the caliphates, we're going to move to the scriptures of Islam. We're going to look at where their doctrines come from. And there's two major sources that we're going to be looking at. The first source is the Quran, that is their Bible, so to speak. These are the words of their God, Allah. Every so-called revelation that Muhammad received from the angel Gabriel were memorized by the prophet, if you can believe that. <laughs> he didn't write him down. He couldn't read or write. 
He is known as the unlettered prophet, but he memorized these messages and taught them to his followers. And the Quran means the recitings, the Quran, the recitings. And so this is the Quran. Then you have the Sunnah. The Sunnah, we'll get into that here in a moment, but the Sunnah is the words of the prophet Muhammad. So you've got what God said and what the prophet said. And you can't interpret what God said in the Quran unless you use the Sunnah. The Sunnah interprets the Quran. This is vitally important for you to understand how to get to their doctrines and understand their doctrines. That's why this religion has a lot of complexity. And hopefully listening to these broadcasts will simplify this complexity. All right, so let's get into the Quran. The Quran are the words of their God, Allah. There are 114 chapters. The chapters are called surahs. That would be the Arabic for chapter. The Arabic for verse would be an ayah. So you have surahs and ayah. So we would say surah 9, ayah 29. Chapter 9, verse 29. And it is organized where the larger chapters are in the front and the smaller chapters are in the back. Now, the reason for this is because of a little bit of psychology. The Quran was not to be written. It was to be memorized. And so the, the psychology here is that if you start off with the hardest. Now, the very first chapter is only about six, seven verses long. And that's a prayer that they say every day. After that first chapter, then you have, really, the first major chapter. So chapter 2, Surah 2, is the largest chapter of the Quran. And then chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, all the way down to 114. Uh, chapter 114 only has like three or four verses. And um, the psychology is that if you start off with the hardest one first, well, the good news is the next one will be a little easier and the next one will be easier than that, and so on. Now, it's a very difficult book to read or memorize. And the reason for it is because there's very little narrative in it. The only times you come to narrative is when they're telling Bible stories, Old Testament stories or New Testament stories, or stories that Muhammad thought were in the Old Testament or New Testament. These were... Uh, Targums, uh, children's stories based on Bible characters that he had heard when he would do his merchant trading up in Syria with the Christians up there. And so, as I said earlier on in last week's broadcast, um, Islam is a combination of uh, this religion, that religion, a little bit of uh, Judaism, a little bit of Christianity, a little bit of paganism, all mixed together. These were the influences in his life. And he kind of mixed these together, like a con man would. Anyhow, so the Quran was not to be written, it was to be memorized. The first Quran wasn't written until 20 years after Muhammad had died. And that was largely because of the instructions of one of the caliphs. We call that caliph would have been Uthman. Now, caliph is a successor, um, a ruler, the one who follows the prophet. Remember, Muhammad was not just building a religion, he was building a kingdom. And so the next ruler after Muhammad was uh, Abu Bakr, 
and then after that was Uthman. Well, there was a battle. Before I get to the battle, if you had memorized the Quran, you were called a Hafiz. A Hafiz was the guardian of the Quran. They were guarding the Quran, God's word, in their hearts. And it was a very honored position to be a Hafiz. Well, the, during Uthman's reign, there was a battle, and you'll, you'll laugh at this probably, the Battle of Yamama. Now, I'm not making this up, folks, okay? The Battle of Yamama, they had lost 40 Hafiz were killed in that battle. And so Uthman feared that there would be a possibility of the Quran being lost. We'll read some text a little later on how that all came together, but let's get the overview here. Four different Qurans were written at this time. So this is 20 years after Muhammad's lie. Now, Muhammad did have a scribe because he was wealthy. He could afford to have a scribe. So he did some writing for Muhammad, and there were some copies, fragments, of the Quran that were in existence before this time, before Uthman's command to uh, officially make a codices of the Quran. Now, of the four, they believe two of the originals are still in existence today. One is known as the top copy, and that is in Istanbul, Turkey. Then you have the Sarmakan, and that is over in Uzbekistan. And so these two original copies that they call the Uthman Qurans would have been written during the Uthman time. If they truly were Uthman Qurans written back in these days, 20 years after Muhammad, still in the 700s A.D., then they would have been written in what was called the Arabic at that time would be a Nabataean script. Now, the Nabataean script was a combination of Phoenician and Syriac uh, languages that had developed into what we now know as the Arabic language, the Arabic text. However, during this time, there were no vowels in the Arabic. We just had consonants, very similar to the Hebrew script. The Hebrew of the Old Testament had no vowels. All of it is just consonants, and later vowels had been added in. Same thing's true with Arabic. About 150 years, 200 years after Muhammad, did we start seeing the entrance of vowels into their language. Now, if these so-called Qurans, the Uthman Qurans, were truly as old as they claimed to be, there would be two very easy ways to determine it. One, we look for vowels. If there are no vowels in it, then we know it's old. If there are vowels in it, then we know that it's, it's not as old as they're claiming. And then you have the style of script. Nabataean script was written without any what we call diacritical marks. There were no accents in it. Later, in a Kufic script, a Kufic script was a Persian version of Arabic. It, um, a lot of the learning, the seat of learning, of the Muslim world really didn't uh, explode. We'll get into what we call the golden years of Islam. 
that occurred when Islam had moved its seat of government from Arabia north, even north from Syria, because it went from Arabia to Syria, and then Syria up into Persia. And when it got up to Persia, that's when they had a short experience of uh, critical thinking, enlightenment, and uh, education, and and uh, copies of uh, they the, they really started looking into an academic way of of their religion, and uh, a Kufic script had developed of Arabic. Here's the problem, folks: the Qurans that they say are the Uthman Qurans were not written in Arabia. They're written much later. They're written up in Persia because they have a Kufic script and they have vowels to them. So what is this telling us? And I, and I, and I hope you really understand this. It means that the oldest Qurans that they claim are in existence today were written about 150 years after Muhammad. It would be impossible for them to have been written before that time. Why? Because there are vows. Vows didn't exist in the day of Uthman, in the day of Muhammad, and the Kufic script didn't exist then, and it wasn't even in that region. And so we know that the earliest Qurans um, in the Islamic world were 150 years after the Prophet Muhammad. And we'll pick up more on this in tomorrow's broadcasts. So join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.